Whenever you're ready, we're, we should be rolling. It's, yeah, it's recording. It's recording. Is it? Yeah. Hello, guys. My name's Fidel. Make sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure like, close to the mic. Do you want to like pause, stop it, and check, just to be sure? Uh, yeah, sure. We can. Okay, so we paused it, checked it. It is rolling this time. Let's do it. For <laughs> anyone that that uh, that might be confused listening to this, Fidel was supposed to be episode number six. We had the conversation. We recorded it. But only one of the mics recorded. Yeah. And so we had to trash the video. Tragic. And, uh, <laughs> but now, you know, now we're back. Even though it took a little time, it took about a week, and uh, a week in, a week in, uh, in 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's back. He's got a, uh, a Kellogg's protein bar. protein bar. And I guess. Let's get into. I I I really wanted to talk about it at one point. I want to talk about how like disappointed, if at all, were you when you realized that episode six was not usable? On a scale of one to ten, I would say six, seven. Yeah, it wasn't too harsh on me because I knew we could do it again. Yeah, and I was looking forward to another time. Also, I enjoyed the conversation, so you know. Another opportunity to talk. Yeah, yeah, That's I was. Yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty sad because uh, I really enjoyed. I thought it was like maybe the best episode. Really you know what I mean? I'm not sure if you listened to anything else that we put out. No, you haven't sent me like. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I normally send the links after, right after. I've been waiting on you, man. Are you? Oh, for real? Yeah. I normally send out the links like right after we record it and I put it up. Okay. Like I, I do the podcast. I I put the podcast out the same day, and I'm gonna put the videos out like over break, like all at once, because for some reason when you record a podcast, the audio, you would think you could just put the audio on top of the video yeah. and it would line up if you just kind of put it in the right oh, place. Oh, right. It doesn't line up. Like it'll line up for like four minutes and then suddenly one of them will get ahead of the other. Right, right. So you and need to like do that manually? Yeah. You need to like wait. I think it's like the video is... It's like it's it's pretty weird. The audio is faster than the video, mm. so I'll have to oh. go back in and slow it down. Not slow it down, but just wait for like a pause where there's no audio, and then cut that, move it forward a little bit so it lines up with the. Well. You can still see the same patterns in the video, but I have to like I did that for like one of the videos, the one after ours uh-huh. didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for one of them, and I got like. 18 minutes into the clip, and it was like a two-hour conversation. And I was just like, there's up. no way I'm going to do this. Like, Yeah, it takes it must take a lot of time. Yeah, and also, I think it'll be more interesting then. I think it'll be more interesting like in, what, like eight weeks when the quarter's over? Yeah. To send it to you then, and then you'll see it, and you'll be like, yeah, wow. wow. I kind of <laughs> forgot about, you know, yeah. because you could listen to this podcast after, after we were d- get done recording it. Exactly. And it's still kind of all fresh in your mind, but I think it's really like the best when time has passed. Like, I listened back to episode one uh, maybe, like, two days ago, and I listened to, like, last night, and uh-huh. then my mom was calling me about, like, possibly, like, a, like looking at other places for me to live next year. Okay. Because they're thinking about, like, all this, like, idea of, like, an investment property mm-hmm. and, like, if I want to live in Philadelphia after uh, after I graduate. And I was just telling her, like, you know, basically because I listened back the first two episodes were recorded when the snow was really bad. Oh. And you remember that a little bit. I mean, you were in Jersey, right? Or you were in Atlanta when that happened? I was in Atlanta. Okay, so you didn't really catch all of it. Yeah. 
But uh, the, like that was like January second, I think, mm-hmm. and it was like you couldn't really you caught like the tail end of it where it was still bad, but you were outside. Yeah, like I remember I ran into you outside that day, <laughs> but before that, man, it was like you. It sort of just like kept you inside. You couldn't really do anything. Yeah, and I hadn't faced that in like years, like literally years. Yeah. There hasn't been weather that's that yeah. meant you can't go outside. Like, I have <laughs> never experienced that, you know, because yeah. I'm from Ghana. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about that. I, I, that. I started preparing like little like backup points to hit oh, that I kind of wanted to hit. Cool. But we can get into that. But um, but yeah, just to finish that that point I was making, I listened back to that episode when the snow was that bad, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me totally of like, oh yeah, this is like, weather is manageable now. Like you can go outside, you can go, you know, get where you want to go or whatever. But like, that's going to happen like a pretty good amount of the time. That's going to happen on a yearly or bi-yearly if there's a light winter basis. And I was just like telling my mom, like, look, I'm pretty firm about, I'm going to move back to the Bay Area. When I get the chance, like, (laughs) it's not much of a discussion at this point. I'm, you know... (laughs) She I, trying to convince you to stay? She was kind of trying to like say, well, if we, you know, invest in property, you know, if you if you decide that you want to stay in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. then that would be better for the investment. Like if they decide to go that oh, route, if they try yeah. to like buy a triplex, right? Or right. you buy like basically like, you know, like I'm living in like a what like a sixplex or something right now where there's like six apartments. Mm-hmm. So if they get a place where it's like three and you rent out two of them, in a way, I could be living like rent free, hypothetically, if oh, you get yeah. it at the right price, if you get the rent at the right price. That makes sense, yeah. And then eventually as the, the, the value goes up because of appreciation, because mm-hmm. of just generally like Philadelphia is becoming... I guess it's gentrified. It's growing, yeah. And, yeah, it's growing. Housing is becoming, you know, unless the bubble pops. It's an investment. You know, they don't, you don't always know if it's going to work out. But they were saying, like, basically, like, renting in a way is kind of for suckers, right? Because you don't really gain. If you have a mortgage, at least you eventually own the house. If you, you know, buy the house and you can rent it out to people, it's, like, different than just, you know, you don't. Renting every month. You rent every month. You're not really getting anywhere at the end of that. You're still in the same place. You're still. And I like where I live, but it was just kind of like, <laughs> I just had to tell her. I was like, you know, after listening back to that first episode, I was, I, and hearing just how my tone was so different. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was talking to a friend of mine from San Francisco, man, and I was like trying to convey to him what it was like at the time. And right. even just hearing myself talk about that at that point, it was so clear to me. <laughs> it was more clear to me than ever that it was like, oh, yeah, this is. It's like it was like I was explaining to my mom. It was like kind of like you know an abusive relationship or something, <laughs> where it's bad some days and some days it gets really bad, <laughs> you know. But eventually it passes and it becomes manageable and you kind of pride yourself on, yeah. well, I survived that. I can and do it again. Yeah, I can do it again. <laughs> and you just keep going. Most people wouldn't do that or wouldn't stay, you know. But I, you know, I'm loyal to yeah. to where I'm from or whatever <laughs> it is. That yeah. you kind of make up these reasons to either deal with the ridiculous heat that's going to come in the summer. Wow. Or I haven't the, even thought of that. The, the heat. I mean, actually, I'm not sure what Ghana's weather's like. I mean, we're normally like 32 degrees Celsius. 30, I have no sure idea what, what that means. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Let's I'll, do ch- the, I'll check later. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. It's pretty warm. Pretty warm. Okay. So it's going to get like, 
So wait, when, when did you get here? Like when you when did you move? When did you first fly out? Uh, I moved. Um, school started on the sixteenth. I think I moved. Uh, I left Ghana on the sixth of September, and mm-hmm. I went straight to Atlanta because that's where my brother lives. Yeah, and um, yeah, and Atlanta was pretty warm because it was still summer then. Yeah, they call it hot Atlanta. Yeah, and um, after a week, because I had to get some stuff for school, I had nothing because I was coming all the way from Ghana. And then you know, I went to New Jersey because that's where my auntie stays, and she's closest to me in terms of. Philadelphia. Yeah. So yeah, I just went there, stayed there for a day or two, and then I moved straight to school. So I've been here for close to five months, I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because... All of September, September, October, October, November, December, December, January. I guess, yeah. I guess in a way, yeah. it's like close four to and a half, five months. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? So far? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it's a broad question. Yeah, it's pretty broad. But <laughs> America is not exactly what I thought it was, you know. Um, funny enough, today my friend was talking about uh, how in the past um, people who traveled would go out and experience a really whole new world because um, back then the world was in such a global village. The way people did things varied sharply across the world. So, for example, he was he, he was watching the Vikings. I don't know if you know Vikings. What, the football team? No, no, no. It was it's like a series, like a TV show. It's on like Netflix or something. Or? I have no idea. He was just watching. It's it. just like a History Channel type of thing. It's like, yeah, a, is it, like it's a factual. No, I think I think it's more fictional than. Factual. It's just like a historical fiction type thing. Yeah. Anyways, right. he was watching that, and he spoke about a character who lived, I think, close to, like, the sea and land and all of that. Mm -hmm. And this character had to travel all the way out to the desert. And he was explaining to me that the way people did things in the desert was so, so different from the way people did things at the sea that that character felt he was in a whole new planet of people. Like, because their culture is at the forefront of everything that they do. Mm -hmm. I think in Ghana, for example... We kind of, everyone kind of does something, we live kind of like the same way. Like, we all drive to work and, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't drive to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you walk to school, you have these conversations. There are things that we can easily find. There are similarities between us, even though we are, like, literally worlds apart. But um, back in the day, it wasn't like that. And so, yeah, the point I'm trying to raise is that America isn't what I thought it was, but it's manageable for me because of how the world has become this sort of global village in which okay. we're all living in. How, but, um, how things are similar. Yeah. How um, certain commonalities. Exactly. Right. Also, the racism topic. <laughs> <laughs> Another through line of this podcast. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll make it brief. It'll, okay, it'll yeah, I didn't want to... Yeah, none of the topics I had to back up. I did not want to... like. Put that on you. I mean, and, I just know. had, I have to touch on it because it's, it's a part of uh, the journey here. I mean, yeah. the experience, I mean. I never really saw myself as uh, an African-American, you know. Yeah. But people here see me as an African-American. And um, yeah. I, fi- I found that really interesting because in Ghana, 
as much as there are white people around, we can distinguish between the Europeans and the um, the Americans and the Swedish and the French. Like we can we can distinguish between them just by looking at them. You know, like after a conversation or two, yeah, you begin to distinguish. But I realized over here that people just put you in a box, even before like they've gotten to know you, or even after a conversation or two, they just assume that you know you're this kind of person. And I think it's something that happens to all black people who find their way to America. I just thought it was really interesting how people already, like, it's it's kind of like prejudice, you know. They already put you in a box and expect <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. You're, you're already this kind of person. There are no two ways about oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's know? another reason I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move back to the Bay Area. Okay. It's because <laughs> there's so much freedom. and It wasn't just the freedom thing, man. It's really just that, like, you, you notice it except for in that one University 101 class. That is like, you know, <laughs> that is a very unique class where That's we are really like, diverse. it's like seven people, uh, for anyone listening, seven people. I think there's three black people uh, and, and two Jervis white people there. and one uh, Middle Eastern person. Really? And then also an Asian person. Is Brianna black? Yes, she's black. I right? think Brianna's black. I'm pretty, yes, yeah. For our I last class, there was four because Jervis is black. Jervis. Oh, God. Yeah, Jervis. Shout out to Jervis. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even include Jervis. Uh, Jervis yeah. is a uh, one of the teachers that was a guest, uh, guest appearance. But, um, but, yeah, I think the Bay Area, like, the difference to me is that instead of it being mostly, like, white people that you see around, it's not, it's, it's more so Asians and Mexicans. But it's Asian Americans and Mexican Americans. Who, oh, okay. Like, you know, like uh, like Seneca, like she's in our class. She's like, uh-huh. uh, she's from Philadelphia. I mean, there's people that are just like from. It's hard to explain, but it's like there's um. I think Tom Segura has this joke in this new special about how like if you go to Me- Mexico, you'll meet like Chinese people that are speaking Spanish. And it'll like blow your mind if you've never seen it. <laughs> you're like, but it's like that was how it was like in um, in the Bay Area, where there's like Asian people that grow up either in San Francisco or Oakland or wherever, right? And they just totally sound American. Yes, just totally completely. American. Completely, you would not if you're on a phone call with them, you would not think that, that this person is Asian. I, yeah, yeah. A- Emily kind of talks like that in a way. Like Emily, in a way, True. is kind of an example of that. But it's just like all over the place. And it's like a really beautiful thing in a way where it's not just like here in Philadelphia, you kind of see black people around, right. but you don't see them in any like positive light for the most part. You see them kind of in these like dead end jobs or working security. And then you see white people in these like prosperous places like, yeah. you know, University of Pennsylvania or Drexel in classrooms and, um, you know, winning awards. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, at the gym and whatever <laughs> it is, you see them in a better light. And in the Bay Area, there's not that that sharp distinction. There's not like, um, it's just kind of like a, it's a nice mix wherever you go. If you see homeless people, there's diverse homeless people. If you see, <laughs> you know, if you go downtown, it's like, you know, people hanging out together. And Well, you can, you know, Center City, you'll still see yeah, that yeah. here. But yeah. um but it's just like every part of it, man. It's like instead of the classrooms, like that's probably the best example I could give. It's just like being at SF State where I was at, I would never, I might rarely, like sometimes be like the one black person in the room, 
but I was never the only person of color in the room. Right. There was always Mexicans, Latinos, Asians, Indian. uh, Indians. Oh, yeah, I didn't know about Sikh people. There's people <laughs> like I had no idea who that who that was even like a, a a a demographic of people until I moved out there. And they're all like for the most part, man. It's like like you were saying about uh, Ghana and the commonalities. Yeah, there's like they're just people. You know what I mean? It's like there. Yes, there's different cultures and everything, and you know. And and I respect that, but there was so every people had so much stuff in common because people all kind of grew up with the the internet. Yeah, and you know people understood that there was differences amongst people, but it wasn't like something that got in the way of things. And I I don't think because people grew up together, there was as much like I don't think there was as much um, like guardedness or like division. The, yeah, division as there is here where people don't grow up together, and yeah. also the weather's bad here. Which kind of adds to <laughs> it adds to like a heightened you know uh, people are a little bit more on edge I think yeah I think if it was a nice day if it was just a like if it, was a, it was nice all around if you consider yeah the nicer days that happened in September and then into October where it was just nice you went outside it was pretty nice yeah right you could go outside take a stroll whatever it was it was good outdoor weather that if you multiply that out for the rest <laughs> of the year. You're going to have a more relaxed population of people just because people aren't going to be on edge as much. And that's kind of what happens in the Bay Area where people don't really – I think they're just more – you can do that thing where you just have a conversation with someone on the street. I had so many conversations, man, on public transit out there with, like, you know, homeless people or just people I didn't know. People would just talk. I remember I did, like, um, going back from from Petaluma, which is, like, a suburb in, like, uh-huh. the North Bay – I met this homeless guy. We, well, you guys we had did, a conversation. Yeah, we had a whole conversation for like an hour or so, and we wow. did um, we did like chocolate edibles. He had like oh. chocolate edibles, and maybe I shouldn't have done it, but it was <laughs> it was like you know, it was just it was like a whole. It was just it was, um, and I don't want to make it sound like there's nothing Philadelphia has to offer. You know, I definitely think that it has its positives, but it, yeah. like in terms of, I don't want to be the only one if I don't have to be. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm tired of like going into situations where I have to like constantly just feel like I'm being watched. You know what I mean? Like I can't just I could yeah, I could like leave the house. Let me put it this way: right. in the Bay Area, <laughs> and like it wouldn't necessarily be something where I would be sticking out. You know, like I'm yeah. I'm sticking out to a certain degree. In this environment, in Drexel, and you know, people, you, you, <laughs> you know, it's like you look around the class sometimes, and it's it's, uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's like I, you know, I think it's it's, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what, what I was really getting at, but I, what I want to talk about with you, man, is because you mentioned like that you think people still see you as just like a, a black person, and you could tell though in Ghana who was European. Or European, as yeah. you put it, uh, <laughs> American. Uh, you know who they were once they started talking. But like, don't you do you think like once you start talking, people also do the same thing with you, where they go like, oh, this is not just a normal, you know. Oh, I thought he was just a black person, but he's really um, at least from Africa. Because I I think people could probably trace that. I'm not sure if they would say Ghana immediately, yeah, but they yeah. definitely. Oh, this I, is, they definitely know. recognize that I am African, mm-hmm. but. I'm saying, in the long run, the treatment is the same. Really? Yeah. How do you? Well, how, what do you mean? <sighs> how do I put this? Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Can't really think of a good example right now. Yeah. Yeah, we can get back to that if you want. Yeah, let's, let's get back to it. But uh, <laughs> what did you think America would be when you uh before you came here? I I I thought it would be and let me just be clear too. This is a very small section of America. We live in a very <laughs> big country. Yeah. This is not this is like the East Coast. This is probably a good example of what the East Coast is like. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what were you what were you gonna say? Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. I thought like the whole of America was the same. I yeah. thought like people everywhere were the same just because they're American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My image of America came from the movies I watched, yeah. the series I watched. And I wasn't too big on the news or like the like the happenings in America. I, I wasn't too excited about that. Like I, I barely knew anything about that. So everything I was expecting came from the movies and the series and things. And, and, like, and, and like music too. And music, yeah, yeah definitely, music videos. definitely music. <laughs> music videos will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the No Limit Easy music video today. Oh yeah, I was I like, seen that. you know, if I never, you know. I don't watch a lot of music videos anymore because uh, I just feel like at a certain point it's just like, it's just lying. You're just lying. Yeah. You know, you don't really have all those women. You don't like you, like you're, and you're married. <laughs> Sometimes these people are married men. Yeah. And then these videos with all these women and all this money and all this liquor. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really your life. I mean, all we, these you cars. Know, I get it. Yeah, all these cars you don't have. Houses. <laughs> houses you don't have. Yeah. I get it. Like, it's a it's a, it's a, a story. It's a movie. Like, if, you know, you watch yeah, a Fast sweet. and the Furious, you're not saying <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson doesn't, you don't really have those cars or whatever. But yeah. I, when you're young enough, you believe it. Especially if you, you know, you're like, you know, early teenager. Definitely. You start buying into it. You're like, oh damn, is this what I have to do to get women? I just gotta <laughs> say bitch and like, you know, and uh and talk about, you know Start rhyming. Start you know. rhyming. That was actually <laughs> the history of hip hop. That's a big part of how it started though. Yeah. Is if you didn't have any money, all you kinda had was your rap. All you had was your words. And your if you voice. kinda could like make some poetry, you know, you know, my name's Fidel and I gotta tell <laughs> all the ladies how good they smell. <laughs> like, you know, you could kind of make women laugh and then get that started, you know. Yeah. If you had a good like sixteen or whatever with punchlines, especially early on, you could you could be, be in the conversation at least. You could get yourself into the conversation. Yeah. And that's part of why they call it rap, is because before hip hop really existed. At least that's what Davy D in Oakland, shout out to Oakland, David D, <laughs> <laughs> told me in uh, the hip-hop class he taught at SF State was that he, oh, that's nice. how it started. You took a hip-hop class? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. And I didn't know how big the guy who taught it actually was. He was how like big? an Oakland DJ. Yeah. Because he, oh. he'd pop up in like documentaries and stuff I'd be watching afterwards. Oh, like I watched wow. this one about uh, the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants played the, in the World Series. Uh-huh. That's like, and they're both like, essentially it's like if... Um, they're really close together. The cities are like literally across the bridge from each other, right? Yeah. And so there was an earthquake that happened like during the World Series. Whoa. And so it was this whole crazy event. And um, and as I'm watching the documentary, which is a sports documentary, out of nowhere, Davey D pops up and he's talking Whoa. about it. He's talking about Oakland. And I'm like, what? Davey <laughs> D? And I'm still in San Francisco at this point. So I ran up on him because uh, I'd see him around. I'd see yeah. him in different buildings. I was like, yo, Davey D, I saw you in that uh, that uh, Oakland uh, documentary. ESPN documentary. 
he was like, oh, word, I actually haven't seen it yet. What? And I was like, what? It was like, it's pretty good. He was like, oh, I'll have to check it out. But he, you know, um, I saw him in like an E-40 documentary. I was watching a documentary about E-40. It was like, there's this whole documentary series called Unsung, where they do like these 40-minute documentary series about like just like pretty big artists that just didn't quite make it to that level where they have a documentary about them right. on their own. Like Isaac Hayes was another one. Um, and so... E40, I mean, no, DVD pops up in the E40, hey. you know, uh, documentary. And I was again like, wow, DVD is He's really huge. out here. I'm, you know, I'm really learning from the source in a way. And right. uh, he wrote some really, like, he'll still pop up in certain, uh-huh. like, you know, certain Google searches. If you type in, like, I remember talking, typing in, like, something about, like, something about Eminem getting involved in some kind of controversy. And, uh, and DVD had, like, a, like a, some kind of, like, storied. Wow. Like beef or something with Eminem that Eminem eventually like right like something about it was like it was notable where DVD was like a at some point I mean and he still is like an authority on different things in hip hop at least in Oakland and um, and so yeah he was one of the teachers he was one of the two teachers and it was kind of like a nice. hip hop history class and it was also like a little bit of other things but I learned about bounce music in that class which is like it's like you it's there's it was pretty eye-opening. I don't want to get too much yeah. into it. But yeah, I mean, like... You seem to have had, like, a lot of different diverse experiences. I mean, Just in life? To, yeah. I guess I have. I mean... Yeah, you've talked to homeless people. You've talked to big people. What? Big people? That's not... David D was not that big. Like, <laughs> you know, David D was... Yeah, okay. He's pretty big. Shout out <laughs> to David D. Hopefully you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> he was big enough. I mean, uh... But, man, like, the... Uh, the I think it's it's. I guess I don't want to ever like big myself up, and I kind of have a hard time. People kind of say nice things like that. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I just think it'll eventually get to my head, yeah. and you know. But uh, and I also don't want to be the person like, yeah, yeah, I have been, you know, yeah, yeah you I've know been me. doing it out here. <laughs> I've been, you know, but uh, I think I've lived a kind of weird life, man. Where I think I've just uh. Because I, I move around, I get to see certain yeah, things. You see a lot of different things. Yeah, like I yeah. living in um, like the Philadelphia area, and then moving, you know, b- different schools really. Because I was like at a private school, then I was at a public school, mm-hmm. in like the middle, from like late elementary school to um, to early high school, right? Yeah. Then I went back to that private school that I'd left, and so. For like a year and a half, I got to kind of see like the difference in a way that I, you know, was, um, that I was exposed to this other kind of situation for five and a half years. And also just having a a white Jewish half of my family (laughs) and then a a black half of my family from, you know, Long Island. Uh, And then, yeah. Just yeah, just all that, man. Yeah. Where eventually it becomes, uh, <clears throat> and then moving to Nashville, and then moving to California, and then moving back here, man. It's have you, you ever been outside of America? Just like to travel? Yeah, yeah. I've been to Cancun, Mexico twice, and Jamaica last winter. Nice, nice. Yeah. Have you ever tried going to like any European countries or like Ghana or Asia? It's one of those things like like skydiving was for me, where I think if someone just had an offer, I would do it. You just jump on it. 
Yeah, if so, if there was like a real offer out there, because it's like one of those things that I'm like, or if it's like it's like that and the money, right? So yeah. if there was like a like an IDM directional opportunity to like, hey, you know, spring break or summer break or whatever, we're doing this two week trip to some part of Europe, and you can you know go out there and even if it's not to earn credits, but it's just it's part of like a school trip or something where I'm not going to do it alone. Yeah, so at this as long point, as there's an opportunity for you to go. If there was an opportunity, and yeah, the money's available. and it made sense, then I would do it. Okay. Like, I've been trying to get to Japan nice. in different yeah. ways. I really want to explore the world. Yeah, that's... I want to see different perspectives. And <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, that's... In a way, I kind of fear that, too. You because do? Why? Because I think a lot of ways... In a lot of ways, like, I was talking to, about this a while ago, man, where... um where I wanted to, like, moving to different places, I guess it's almost like you meet, like, beautiful women or something, where you <laughs> kind of think, like, maybe they have it together over there. Like, maybe she has it together, you know? Maybe, you know, whatever I'm dealing with in uh, the suburbs, I won't have to deal with in the city. Right. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm dealing with in this city, I won't have to deal with in the next city. Okay. Maybe if I'm dealing with this in this country, I won't have to deal with it in the next country. Maybe that country, because you see pictures. I was talking to, uh, well, we used a fake name for him. But on the last episode, we James Randell. is his, his Facebook name at this point. But a friend of mine, he was talking about, we were talking about, like, Copenhagen and all these bike lanes they have out in these Scandinavian countries. And I was saying, like, yeah, like, I wonder if that's, like, kind of someplace I should move to, you know, and maybe I could escape whatever I'm dealing with. And he was like, dude, like, I knew a guy from Sweden. <laughs> he, you know, he traveled back and forth between Sweden and America. And he said it's worse. Like, don't go there. Like, racism is just worse. Like, you'll, you know, like it's, it's kind of the best bet you have. I'm not the best bet you have, but I guess like, he was just saying like it's not as you know it looks good, but it's it's, not as good. Yeah, you're not gonna. It's it's not like like there's really no way out in some ways. And so in a way, sometimes I fear like if I see all the places I want to see, that eventually I'll just like like, lose hope or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean, I don't really want to go out there to find, like, a new place for myself. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go out there to explore the culture, to see, see what people think, like, you know, how life is there. Yeah. But do you think you can do that by just going there for a few weeks? Uh, I think you definitely, like, need a plan or something. Like, mm-hmm. like what exactly are you going to do there? Are you just going to yeah. look at, like, um, are you going Museums. to do sightseeing? Because you will learn... I mean, you learn stuff about the culture, but, you know, I want to, like, interact with people and, like, yeah. live like them and see what they see. To me, that like, yeah. that would mean you'd have to stay out there for, like, at least, like, six months. Yeah, that, that, that's... You know what I mean? Unless I know someone there who could, like... But even then, like, yeah. to me, if you, like, I, I went to New Orleans over winter break, right? And I think we were only there for, like, four or five days. And I think I got a pretty good idea of, like, we were out. I made sure I was outside a lot. That we were outside. We were riding uh-huh. public transit. We were. Um, we went to different sites, but we also kind of went outside of the city a little bit. Uh-huh. And it was a good trip, but uh, you know, it's still. You know, you're going back somewhere. Yeah. And, you know. You know. This even if <laughs> this is not this is not the end all be all, and so yeah. you, could, you could take a nice visit to. Um, to a bunch of different places, but I, I think. In a way, I don't know. I guess, but I still have a good idea of New Orleans now. Like, I have a better idea than I did beforehand. So I guess it's all about what you're you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'll learn something you didn't know before. So 
Yeah. You definitely improve like your knowledge about that particular place. Yeah, and then it gets to the point where you also just you kind of you have this idea of what it is. And that's with any place really. Yeah. I mean any place, any person, whatever it is. So, like you have an idea of what you think it's gonna be. Yeah. And then you figure out what it really is. And sometimes it's like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. You know, because I thought New Orleans, I don't know what I thought New Orleans was going to be, really, but... You enjoyed it? Yeah, like, I, I definitely enjoyed Bourbon Street, man. Like, that, I've never seen anything like that, where it's just a, it's like a street that has, like, bars and stores and restaurants and nightclubs and Whoa. all this stuff on one street. Right on one street, and it's like at the downtown area of the city, and it's also got sidewalks, but everyone's just on the street, and everyone's Ooh. just using the street as like a big sidewalk, and you can take your drink, and you can like walk around with it outside legally. And I don't drink or like smoke cigarettes. A lot of people were, but it was just like to see that many like pedestrians on the street, <laughs> just on the street, and the streets were you know, at night they like kind of barricaded off the streets a little bit so cars couldn't even turn in. But even during the day when you go out there, people are still on the street. Cars rarely ever try to use the street because they just know it's going to be a problem. Yeah, Cars are trying to cross the street in a way. Like they're trying to go through an intersection, but they just can't because there's too many people, people. walking by. Wow. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it was, I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, I just that would, always. That would definitely be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, besides that, just how walkable it was, how everything was. It was it just like Philadelphia is flat. Um, it was pretty like like to walk. There was constantly people like, like just outside, even at night, and that was kind of the cool thing about it, right? So you, Bourbon Street is it's like a pretty long street too. It's a good walk, and it still just keeps going with restaurants and bars. And, uh, uh, uh. Wow. So, so then you walk over to um, this other street. I forget exactly what the name of it was, but it was the same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like people were on the street, but it was another just live strip right. of just restaurants, live music. Oh, that was not so much live music. <laughs> so much people just on the street was there drumming. A lot of jazz? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mostly jazz music. It wasn't mostly jazz. I would say it was mostly. I don't know if I was most. Uh, it was a good mix, man. It was really a pretty good mix. Like you was could there, definitely find was there jazz. There a lot of instruments and. There was a lot of like, like bands. Bands. Yeah. So like there was there was like a swing band. Like you, you know Ben Ben Shermanman. Yeah. Yeah. He was down there too. Oh, cool. Did yeah. you go with him? No, no. We went separately, but we it overlapped. Okay. So the first night I was there, I met up with him and his family at this um this like swing joint where they were playing swing music. People cool. were like swing dancing. So it was like jazz. It was like. Like nineteen twenties ish, like you know, wow. kind of yeah. like doo wop jazz. Yeah, it wasn't something I'd listen to, you know, <laughs> in my headphones. <laughs> but it was kind of cool to see people doing the swing dancing thing and just uh, and to have that exposure, like you're talking about. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but the, I can sort of just imagine the energy and like the people just. Doing it was. Stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was really just one couple swing dancing. To be oh. honest, it wasn't like oh. everyone was swing dancing. <laughs> It would be yeah. It wasn't that big of a of a dance floor. Oh, okay. Most most people were just sitting around, sitting down, watching the the band and and you know intensely. And then after someone would finish the solo, people would just you know <laughs> clap and uh, and but the next the 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 next joint right next to it, there was um, like a band 
singing Amy Winehouse's Valerie, mm. which like pretty intensely. And I was pretty tired because we had woke up early to drive down, and that was the same day. Yeah. But I was um, I was pretty excited, man, that night, especially to see all that live music and to see all these clubs with no cover charge just going off, like playing like good hip hop. You know, and like sometimes you go to some of these parties, man. People don't know what they're doing with this music. <laughs> or you go to some of these clubs, like, and people are just playing like top forty stuff, and you don't really want to hear. It. At least I don't want to hear that in the club. And um, and so yeah, you you know you're seeing, you know, you, it's you could, another situation where you could talk to strangers. Yeah. And uh, and it was it was I just never seen anything like that. I still haven't seen anything like that. And it kind of got less less crazy after Christmas because. Businesses kind of like shut down until New Year's okay. down there, but it was good to see it at least for like a day or two days, yeah. you know, before it shut down. But yeah, man, yeah, you seem to be the kind of guy that actually like goes out of his way to meet people and find out things. I used to a lot more than I do now. Yeah. Like, I, what's, yeah, what's that like for you? Like going up to a stranger and just having a conversation? Is it? Do you think it's? Do you find it intimidating before? Or are you just like that curious person who doesn't really care, just wants to know? Where, where do you find yourself when you're meeting new people? Um, I think it just depends. Like it's never, I mean, it depends on what you want to get out of the situation, right? So right. I think if it's like a beautiful woman or something, mm-hmm. I normally don't even do that anymore. Well, I just kind of like make some something up to... Or just try to find, you know, on the fly, it would be like an exercise, right? Or you try to, like, find a topic to, you know, to get yourself into a conversation without being, like, a like a creep or whatever weird, and saying yeah. some weird line. But to actually be curious, to actually have something where you want to ask some question, not to be like, hey, what time is it? <laughs> but to actually, you know what I mean? Like, so if someone, I remember, like, if someone has, like, a tattoo that, is like someone had like an adventure time tattoo when I was in um like the Embarcadero really? section of of San Francisco. Yeah, it was like wow. this like like maybe like early thirties, late twenties lady too. And so Wow. <laughs> so I was like, hey, what time is it? She was like, it's like four oh five. And I was like, what are you talking? You have an adventure time tattoo. You're supposed to say it's adventure, adventure time. time. <laughs> and she was like, oh shit. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes when that kind of stuff happens, when I when there's just like a clear either there's a clear joke or there's a clear like actual question I have, yeah, it's really easy. Uh, just because I, I kind of set my life up so I do the stuff like that, right? Where I don't have social media, and I don't have these like, these escapes where I feel like I'm talking to people at a delay. That's part of why I want to do this podcast. Where it's another thing where it's like we have to talk at people. I get used to talking in real time. And I like yeah. talking in real time. And so I, you know, have to think fast like that. Yeah. But if I was on Tinder, if I was on Facebook, if I was on uh, Twitter, Snapchat. if that was how I interacted yeah. with people, was just texting and waiting for a reply, then I wouldn't be as quick as I, as I try now. to maintain. But man, like talking to people you don't know is, uh, if you're, if you just kind of talk to people as if you know them for the most part, yeah. without being insulting, like, without just, like, you know, politely cursing at people. Like, hey, motherfucker, what time is it? As long as you don't do that. Even if you did do it, if you had enough confidence, you probably could pull it off. But uh, I think generally, I just I just don't think it could go that wrong, you know? Like, I don't... You don't overthink it. You just go ahead and... 
Yeah, and also you can kind of gauge too, like if people are not in the mood. Yeah, people walking with their headphones in and their sunglasses on, you know, walking quickly. Like you don't want to stop people. I don't like stop people normally. It's like if I'm in line, or I mean, you know, the, talking to people on public transit, talking to homeless people on public transit, you're already on public transit. Yeah. And normally they start the conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, even if it's just old people sometimes, just start conversation. Or like people on planes will start conversation. And um, But you're already kind of there. So you know, it's like that's – so that to me is just like not having my headphones in. And uh, – but yeah, besides that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you could – I used to I used to be a lot like my parents probably talk about this too, man. They like, I used to just like kind of talk to people. I used to be more interested in talking to people, people I didn't know and just asking them questions about their life and about like you know opinions and about. Uh, Where do you think that came from? I think that probably came from a series of videos that uh, convinced me that like me and my friend Brock at one point we're both like pretty much on the same wavelength in terms of like how we thought like the the world was and how we thought like college was going to be and how we thought interacting with women was going to be in college because like we both kind of got into this like i want to say uh we got into like these different mindsets where we thought it was like pretty much just not how it was. And I don't know how to put it, but it was like, 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 oh, basically you could just like pick up women. That was probably where it started, uh-huh. realistically. Where basically, like, and not even, and, and the idea of like picking up women, at least like these like videos we used to watch, it was kind of like you would just have to, you would, ha- like the idea was, and this <laughs> idea still kind of makes sense a little bit, right? <laughs> the idea was if you just talk to everyone, right. if you talk to like everyone you run into and you're generally in a pretty good mood, it's not going to seem like a big deal if you go talk to some woman you're interested in because you just talk to everyone. And if everyone already kind of likes you and you already kind of like established some kind of positive vibes with people, yeah. then... The woman should like you. Then she, she might not even... You might not even have to approach her. She might just come to you. And that was yeah. like... This might not be true. That was what we kind of bought into right. in a way. Um, and I'd kind of seen it work for different people in high school where they didn't even really think about it. They were just people that talked to everyone and just genuinely wanted to be in conversation and just liked people that much, right? And I wasn't always that person, but I think that was where it started. It's like, (laughs) that was, you know, it started in a pretty bad place, I guess, (laughs) where I was doing it to try to get to a different, uh, to a different place. I was doing it to try to get, you know, in a roundabout way, to just boost my my uh, clout, I guess, and yeah. uh, and have it come back around, <laughs> and uh, and I think I think you know I think eventually it just turned into I just you know now I'm just not afraid to like ask people questions as much yeah. you know I just don't have as many questions as I did when I was. Like much, much younger. Yeah, when I was like eighteen, when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I had like a bunch of, I you know, I just wanted to talk to like everyone about anything. And at this point, like not so much, you know, like not yeah. so much. It's like I don't necessarily want to be around people all the time either. I didn't, you know, I used to want to be around people more, and now I kind of just, 
like, there's certain people I want to talk to. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. certain people I just, I don't really uh, care. <laughs> yeah, like certain people you just, like, it's just, you, you could talk to them, but it'll just, like, either bring you down or, <laughs> or it's just. It's, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's just totally unnecessary. Yeah. And so I used to think you could, like, kind of change people, too. That if you just talk to people enough, you could kind of. I mean, you could influence them to a degree, but I don't, I don't know if you could change them. Well, they have to want to change. Yeah. Back you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of what it comes down to, is that they have to want to make a change. And you can kind of chip away at the iceberg a little bit, but they're going to be who they, they, you know, if they are just resistant yeah. to whatever, you know, I'm not saying I have all the answers either, but it just, you know, the, I started cutting people off at a certain point. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was kind of where it changed, <laughs> at least in, like, California, where I started to realize, like, you know, you don't need to talk to everyone. You know what I mean? And also... It tends to be this thing too, like like looking at different places to live, where you can just like see, uh, at least like with women, like you see like different like beautiful women, yeah. and you tend to think, at least when I was like a lot younger too, I thought like, you know, oh damn, like she probably you know like subconsciously she has her life together, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like that was kind of the thought was like, you know, if I could just find a way to, you know, to insert myself into the situation, insert myself into that person's life, then it would all be good. Like, you know, like in high school or whatever, like there's like a beautiful, you know, there's like beautiful, popular girl. Girl, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're trying, (laughs) you know, and you're just, you know, whoever, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's, you're just whatever, but you're kind of, in a way, it, it, uh, it's like this illusion of like, she's got it together. You know, and and after I talked to enough like beautiful women, it just became very clear to me that they do not have it together. Yeah. Normally, like some of them do. Like I'm not saying like all of them don't, but like most of them, in my opinion, like they're they're just people. You know what I mean? And yeah. they and they're dealing with a lot. Like beautiful women, man. They they go through a lot. a lot of hate. There's a lot of hate that comes their way for just no reason. That well, not no reason, but you know, because they're drawing attention. Yeah, and and also, yeah. I I really thought about that actually because women get more attention. Yeah, in like so like, so like really beautiful women. Yeah, get more attention in a week mm-hmm. than a guy would get in probably like six months. And or, it's not or like a year. And it's not like attention they want. Like I was watching the yeah, the yeah. dog reel on uh, she's got to have it, mm-hmm. where they were kind of playing like uh, this rep- repetition of just yeah, I've sh- seen that. stuff I've seen men say. Oh, you watched the original or the Netflix one? The Netflix one. Okay, I didn't watch the Netflix one yet, Ooh. but I was watching the original. And um, damn, it was like I was talking to um, someone who lives above about that, about cat calling. You know about that? I think I do. Just clarify for me. It's basically like a woman will be walking down the street, and I didn't, I didn't know this happened like on a daily basis until maybe like, a f- like three or four months ago. Uh huh. Just be walking down the street. And guys will just like yell shit at them. Hey like, yo, mom. Hey yo, ma. You know, <laughs> let me get your number. Hey yo, you know, you know, damn, baby, was your father a baker? <laughs> Where you got those buns or something? <laughs> you got like corny lines. It's like the dog reel, and yeah. just got just corny lines. Right, right. Hey yo, I, I know I don't love you. I know I don't know you, but I love you. you know? <laughs> hey yo, can I just talk to you for a minute? Can I talk to you for a minute? Can I talk to you for a minute? I know you hear me. Hey yo, green shirt, green shirt, <laughs> green shirt. Can I talk to you? You know, yeah, that must be frustrating, like, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's kind of funny to us because we don't have to deal with it, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's so foreign. But yeah, it's like, it's kind of crazy. Like, it's this whole other, it's it, it just, you know, if you, if you're, even if, if you're just a good looking woman, you know, you yeah. have to deal with that. And you could maybe stop and say something and say, like, you know, fuck off <laughs> to the person. but And then you just build, like... But then <clears throat> that might even make it worse. Because yeah, then they know they can get hate. a response. So then they might ramp it up yeah. and say, like, you know, why you saying, oh, what do I do? What I say? You know, or they yeah. try to read it really bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean that. I was just trying to get your attention. And yeah. You know, like, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, now you're, you know, you're in conversation. Yeah. And, and it's just like, what do you do? You know, like, do you just move to a different place or do you just, like, try not to look as good or (laughs) do you, like, unless, like, in a way, it's just, you just have to deal with it. And so most of them that I talk to about this just, like, like, tone it out or just keep walking or just listen to music as they're going. But it's, like, sad. It's, like, really, it's just, like, sad to hear. That's, that's, I never uh, really thought of it like because we don't have to think about it. Yeah. And it was also, that was the other thing that was kind of crazy about it was like, I've gone, I went like 21 years, like not thinking about that. Like thinking it happened maybe like once a month or something or yeah. once a year. It's kind of like, I guess how like white people think about racism in the same way. Where it's just, yeah. like, you know, or how we think about sexism because we don't have to really deal with it that much. So it, it's, but it, yeah, it's like this whole other thing they're dealing with. And, wow. uh, and yeah, it, you know, another, the other part of it too that, I don't, I'm not sure if this is important to talk about, but it kind of makes you wonder also, like, when do these lines work? Because <laughs> they have to be working yeah, at some work point. Sometimes. If, yeah. you know, I think I saw it work once a little bit. I think I saw it work sometimes, like, you can. Oh, you mean the corny lines? I, like the, hey, can I talk to you? Oh, okay. Like that, I've seen that work. I've seen that work before. I think I have too. Yeah. yeah. But they definitely still... do work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's you know, <laughs> I I saw it work like in a minor way. I saw it work like outside a grocery store as I was locking my bike up, where a guy was like, "Hey, girl, can I talk to you?" And she and she was like walking like into the grocery store. She was like, "I'll talk to you when I get out," you know. But she was like hey, laughing hey, and smiling and shit. Hey. And I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> did I just see this happen? Did I just is this real life?" And uh, oh yeah, but it's you know, but yeah, just talking to people, man. I think like. The other thing, too, about when you, like, at least, I think if, if you, like, a lot of times when I did this kind of stuff, I, I, I kind of felt like I didn't have anything to lose in a lot of situations because I, during my, like, junior year of high school, I knew the entire time I was going to move to Nashville. I knew from the beginning to the end, I had, like, a year mm-hmm. until I was going to leave, like, pretty much indefinitely. So it just became like that was like a senior year for me in a way where I kind of like senioritis where yeah. I just felt like, you know, I'm going to leave it all on the table. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I feel I got to do. And and, you know, and people are either going to, you know, like it or not like it. But, but you don't care. You're, you're just doing you. I mean, I care. I cared about certain things. I didn't want to say I don't care about anything. I cared about people close to me. Thought, but um, but as far as like, but as far as like, you know, just I wasn't worried about like long term effects. Yeah, yeah, real like long term effects of things. 
you know, and and then moving to Nashville was my actual senior year of high school. And at that point, I knew pretty much from the beginning of that I was going to apply to places in California. So it was the same kind of deal where I just felt like, you know, there was it wasn't as exciting my, my senior year, but but it was the same kind of thing where I just felt like I was, you know, I'm going to be out of here eventually. I'm here for a year and, you know, and that it's going to be what it's going to be. And then when I moved to San Francisco, it was just, there was no, there was really, there was, it was so, it's it's so freeing, you know, to be somewhere where absolutely, well, not absolutely no one, I had family there, but for the most part, like, it's, well, it was the same thing a few times, but I was so used to having a fresh slate and to knowing what I could, what, yeah. what worked and what didn't work, and also... Applying that. Yeah, applying that, and then kind of, that's that's probably the biggest thing, right? Is just starting over and knowing how to make friends, I guess. Yeah. Because I knew after I moved to Nashville, I knew I could make friends anywhere. You know, by that point, I knew I could make friends anywhere. I didn't. I thought I could just live anywhere and be happy, which uh-huh. wasn't true, right? And that's why I moved to San Francisco. But it's like, it was like that whole process of having like nothing to lose in a way, and knowing how to like to start over. I think was a big thing. Was a big thing that. Uh, kind of is like a through line in my life where I went to like four different high schools and and it, I think it helped with like growth in a lot of ways where I just, it wasn't like, like my mom freaked out about the idea of like me either going to school on the other side of the country or me coming yeah. from the other side of the country back to Philadelphia and she was like, that's like a big deal. Like aren't you, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, you should probably, <laughs> yeah. you know, you should probably live with some people. Like it's, you might be like really, really lonely or something. Like, just kind of like going because she didn't do anything like that. Yeah, at least at a young age, she did. It like later on, she would move around more. But you know, it, to me, it was like this is what I've been doing my whole life. I've just been moving around every <laughs> couple of years, and uh, and yeah. But there's something really freeing too about being somewhere that you're not from. You know, like being there, it just felt like, like because in a way, you probably deal with this more so than I dealt with it there. In a way, when I was being not from there, being from Philadelphia is really fun when you're not in Philadelphia. Like being in Philadelphia in San Francisco was so much fun. Yeah. Because people didn't know about Philadelphia. Like they had, you know. No clue what it was like. Yeah, they didn't really know what state it was in. Like people in California sometimes don't know. And and you might not know certain states either because you don't really have to. Yeah. But they, yeah, you they have no idea where like, you know, like it, if you ask them like what, um, What's the capital of Chicago? They might try to give you an answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they think they might think Chicago's a state. They might think Rhode Island's a city. They might think Boston is wow. a state. They think Boston's in Maine, maybe. Like they just—it's <laughs> all they know roughly where stuff is, but it's they don't. In this area, somewhere there. That's all the way over there. Yeah. yeah. But they know exactly where every city in California is, and they pretend like you know. I don't know. It's but it's some people haven't left California. Some people that live in California because it's so big. And also, if you just don't have a lot of money to travel, you don't leave. And also, yeah. like, you know, it's just like people haven't left the East Coast. You know, people haven't left the South. There's people in the South that just don't travel outside of the South because they, you for whatever reason. But, uh, but yeah, being out there, man, where, where you could just wear different Philadelphia jerseys and you kind of had a different sense of humor and uh, there was like an interest in being from somewhere else where people wanted to know about it. And uh, yeah. and here, it's not as fun. You know what I mean? Just because people 
are on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> but you probably, I mean, you probably experience that to a certain degree, right? Like people probably ask you about about Ghana yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's a totally different experience, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. You know, I was just thinking about this place and I realized this stuff that you have going on, it makes it iconic. Like, Oh, the, uh, for anyone that's just listening, the, uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a bunch of, a bunch of menus and, um, and flyers, flyers I want to say grocery coupon lists, uh, used as wallpaper for my wall because I like to put up my junk mail. That way I can tell <laughs> how long I've lived here <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Fidel was. Uh, what, what do you think? Why do you think it's iconic? I don't know. It's just different. It gives me. A, I just like it. Yeah, it's fun, man. I did that in my last apartment too. I did it yeah, to my bedroom. It's but, really nice. Like, I can imagine us in a TV show with this background. Yeah, I'm thinking about changing up the setup too, so I can like. I'm thinking about moving this table to the center, moving this table over there again. Back. That's how it used to be. Oh. But I never used this table. I was supposed to use it for like. Artwork and stuff, like to do art at the table. But you never see it. I just never did. <laughs> I never did that. And and so I figured, like, why don't I just see if I move it over here where I can have it, like, be... Closer. Like an <laughs> island for the kitchen, you know? <laughs> and also, it made it really easy to shoot, the to film it from that angle. Right. Because I just never used this table. And... Uh, oh, when are you getting the tripod? That should it be It was supposed to be here yesterday. And it might be here as we're speaking. It oh, might okay. be at the door, but I had to put up like a, I had to sign the back of the UPS thing and oh, okay. put it up. But yeah, it should be here. And then I could do it remotely and like click and, <laughs> you know. And then we're all the way set up. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think it's fun. I think it's like, it's something, I didn't, I hate white walls. Like I hate just doing, you know, just having white walls and I'm not going to paint my apartment because yeah. it's going to be a hassle to like repaint it. You got to pay people. So I, I think, the, did I ever tell you the, the original reason I did that, like back in San Francisco? Why? Well, part of it was the, just because we got so much junk mail. Part of it was we just oh. got so many of like those grocery store deals. You didn't know what to do with it? That came every week. Well, we just kept like recycling it. And then eventually, after like two weeks of recycling those, I was like, wait a minute. Like this could be like, this could be really, you know, cool if we just hang up the entire room. Let's put it up. In you know, in this colorful, because it was really colorful, uh, you know, paper. And if we just hang up, like you know, at first we were gonna hang up like all our um, just like recyclable trash, like the cereal box. Oh, okay. we're gonna take like, a cereal box. When you don't the cereal box, you open it up, put it on the wall, <laughs> right? But it didn't really, because the cereal box has weird edges and stuff. It didn't really work it in the same fit. way. Yeah, and uh, so we made it just all the grocery store flyers, and the idea was that eventually we were going to make... I had all these ideas, man, about what we were going to do with that old apartment because I wanted to make so much like art because I was so excited to get out of the dorm and to get a place where I had like creative freedom where we could get the furniture we wanted to get because we got all of Craigslist for free. Get furniture we wanted, get, uh, put like the... Uh, the like, you know, like food shopping for stuff we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... What else? Just like, yeah, like... Uh, we didn't have to deal with people at the desk at the door. Do you have to deal with that right now? Where people yeah. would check keys? Hated that. You know, and uh, you gotta sign people in, sign people out. Hated that. Hated that. You know. Yeah. So 
I had all these ideas about all this like art that I wanted to do on the walls and and um and we did a lot of it to be honest. We did like cuz I also the other thing I thought about was like this is I thought if I could design an apartment like for like no money, right? For like all the stuff we got was from for free on Craigslist and I could like bring you know, it was all about like bring a woman back to my apartment and let the apartment do the work. You know, and like, like, whoa, look at this apartment! Yeah. Ooh, ooh, it's so cool! Oh my god, you did all this! Wow! <laughs> and uh, and that was the idea, and that's kind of why we did it, and it it worked. You know, we put a pool table in my apartment on like Thanksgiving Day in like uh, 2016, I think. Not even Thanksgiving Day; it's like the week of Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Put a pool table in my apartment, and uh, it free on Craigslist. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we had that in there for like at least, at least like eight months, and we've been talking about it for a while. But we had like there was a point during like March Madness where we had a pool table in my apartment. Whoa! It was like it was. By the way, it was like five people living in okay. a two bedroom apartment with two bathrooms. Five. Yeah, that's how bad the rent was. The rent was like forty one fifty a month plus fees. That was just the base. So it was like eight fifty a person plus fees. Right here, it's like nine fifty for one person. And if you want to get a studio, you get a studio for eight hundred flat, no more fees. Nice. Like the one when you walk in, if you just want your own room, you could do that here. And that's part of why I wanted to move here because I was just so tired of not being able to afford to yeah. uh, housing to have my own, you know, have my own apartment. So, but there was a point where we had two TVs right next to each other, two flat screens. Right next to each other. <laughs> I think I might have pictures of this somewhere. Maybe I'll cut it into the video if we make a video of this. But um, two TVs right next to each other, three couches, a pool table, um, a bedroom. One of the, my bedroom. We had like three people living in that bedroom, by the way. All wow. covered in this in the paper. We had like different lighting. We had like different color lights. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, I want to get one of those light bulbs from Philips. I think. Yeah. yeah. But eventually, I realized it was like. It was all stuff that would just kind of keep you inside, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was all kind of, like, I've been, eventually I, I ended up, um, I gave one of the TVs to my aunt and uncle. I think they still use it. And uh, the other TV I sold because it got to a point, man, where it wasn't like it was getting in the way of any schoolwork, really, but it was getting to the point where it just, it was like I took it as far as I could take it. And it was becoming... Like boring. more than anything else, not boring, but just like too hectic, you know. Because you got people on the TVs, you got people yeah. playing pool, you you know, you got people bringing people over to also like you know to play pool and listen to music on the TVs yeah. and watch music videos and and <laughs> all this extra stuff that um, that kind of just keeps you in your apartment in a, in a way and. Uh, and it kind of ran its course, too, where it was like I basically at that point, I had done what I set out to do, where at least like I had, you know, I had that happen enough times where I brought someone back and they're like, what? You have a pool table, you have a <laughs> wallpaper, you know? And, and that was, you know, so. But yeah, I still, I, I brought it back. I brought it back to do it here <laughs> to, because uh, it was kind of fun to keep track of time that way. And also, I just, I hate wet walls. Yeah. Yeah, man. You also seem like the kind of guy that was really interested in women in your past. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like super interested. Dude, yeah. I was like 
to a fault, like to a real. <laughs> I had all these theories. I got into like arguments with people. Like when I first moved out of San Francisco, I remember arguing at one point with like five women in front of the student center. Just me arguing with five women at once wow. about why I was better than them. What? <laughs> yeah, it was a wild time. It was not a good. Yeah, I'm not like proud of that, but it like. I I used to like I just wanted to figure it out so bad I because I was so convinced that um, I don't know what it was it was like I was just convinced that basically it was like I was convinced I'll, I'll put it like this right I was convinced probably around like seventeen or eighteen up until up until maybe like a year ago mm-hmm. that like. Like sex in a way was like this net positive thing. Like it was not just net positive, but this like this kind of I guess you could say net positive, but it was yeah, it was always such a like that was kind of like the goal. Ultimate. And and yeah, it was like you're on top of the world at that point. Like that was kind of like whatever you were doing, you were going to get a job to, you know, to be more appealing to get to that point where you're having, you know, because, like, I'm not sure to put it, but it was, like, I was just convinced, like, if you had the opportunity as a guy, you would, like, have a, have sex with as many women that you want to have sex with. <laughs> that, you know, but people get to the point where they arrange their life in a certain way, where they get into a relationship, or they get married because of whatever they're doing, but that you could position yourself, because I was fascinated with this idea of polygamy, where you could position yourself, where you have a girlfriend, and then your relationship has a girlfriend. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Where like you have a bisexual girlfriend who also is down with the idea of you, you like you get what I mean? We're not just I have a girlfriend yeah. and then my girlfriend has a girlfriend, but I have a girlfriend and then we have as a, a couple have a girlfriend. And yeah. then we can also break up with the third girlfriend. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Break up with her. You know, I was fascinated at like eighteen <laughs> by that idea, and I thought moving to San Francisco, where it's like the it's like the least religious uh, part of America, and it's also like the most, um, it's kind of like the most open to that kind of idea of polyamory, mm-hmm. right? Like I was convinced I could pull that off, <laughs> and I got close like three times. Out in San wow. Francisco. But I was convinced. I was like, you know. That, was, that must have been an adventure. Because I was trying to make it work. I was trying to make it work, <laughs> you know. And uh, <laughs> and that was the whole thing, was I was trying to solve this problem of how do I basically get that situation to go, to, to, to work. Wow. Right? And because I just, like, I saw, like, like marriage. Like, and I still kind of see marriage as, like, a weird thing, to be honest. I don't. I think it's one of those things that people are just, um, it's one of those things like religion, like I don't want to get into religion too much, but I think it's like one of those things that if no one else was doing it, you know what I mean? No it would sound would. crazy <clears throat> to just go, if if no one was making those kind of commitments, if it was just like people were just living their lives, they were together when they were together, they break up when they break up, there's no financial agreement, it would be crazy to just go up to someone. Like if I'm a, if I have a best friend, and I say, hey, man, we've been best friends. My best friend Kyle, right? We've been best friends for like our whole lives, right? But where is this going? <laughs> I need commitment. I need you to sign in. <laughs> and I need you to sign this paper so I know we're going to be best friends until I die, right? Until <laughs> one of us dies, right? It would be nuts. 
And it would also probably change the dynamic of us being best friends. Yeah. Because part of us being best friends is like that if one of us gets crazy or something, you can leave, you know? But if you just sign this paper and someone suddenly goes off the rails, you can't just leave without a lot of like proceedings to yeah. happen. So like that was where I was, especially. Like especially at eighteen, where I was convinced let's see, what's it say? Okay, cool. She's going to be the next person. we got more time. So, um, basically, what was I saying? I got a run, though, pretty soon. But, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Basically, I was saying, like, I was convinced I could make this thing work. I hadn't really been living on my own either. But I was convinced that was what was holding me back, right? <laughs> that if I could just live on my own and bring people home whenever I wanted to or whatever. You could pull it off. I could pull it off. <laughs> and... And that was kind of that was kind of where I was at because his comedian Patrice O'Neill had that setup, or he was at least going for that setup, and he had this whole radio show called Black Phillip on Sirius XM, wow. where <laughs> he kind of explained this whole idea, this yeah, this idea that seemed bulletproof at the time. And he was he was a comedian, pretty still a pretty funny comedian, but I didn't see the holes in it as I would see later on. Like, four months in, I think, to living in San Francisco, I pretty much started to see the holes in the in the logic. But, uh, but yeah, it was like, a, you know, and also just after it goes wrong, right? After you get to the point where you could, like, start having sex with someone and, uh, and basically, without, like, mentioning names or whatever, it was like, you know, like, Thanksgiving of, like, a year ago, I kind of saw where it could go wrong, right? Where you're just having sex with someone and it's not really going anywhere, but it, I don't know how to put it, but it's like basically I saw where you could just end up in a lot of pain, a lot of pain that is like unlike anything else. And that's why I kind of, I move completely differently than I was moving out in San Francisco, man, at this point. Like, it's just, because I've seen, like, oh, it can really, you can really get hurt. You can really, not, like, even, like, STDs or whatever, but just emotional. Like, real emotional pain, you know? Real, like, and also just irrational thoughts. Just starting to think, like, I heard different different points where I was thinking, like, oh, if she was to get pregnant, like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. (laughs) And looking back at that now, it's like, wow, that Whoa. would really fuck my life up. Yeah. But I can see it. And I can see how how Crazy. it happens to people, right? Yeah, true. And so that's kind of where eventually, I, you know, it just became like I stopped thinking about it so much. But I thought about it a lot before, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think about it in terms of what I shouldn't be doing now more than uh, more than I used to, for sure. Now, I, you know, I just... I now I pretty much think about like you know just just what yeah more 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 so like what not to do and how to not get distracted and how to just you know because I don't make this podcast sound like I'm just thinking about women all day. <laughs> it's, it's very much not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, let see. I think we ran through all of them except for uh, talk about the snow. I mean, but how do you feel about the snow? I mean, you got, you got like probably a few more minutes. Yeah, I mean, I hate the snow. <laughs> I mean, first time I saw snow was in 
Switzerland, I think, in Geneva. Damn, we didn't really get into your traveling at all. And I was so excited. Like, I was really young. I think I was like four or five. Mm-hmm. I had two legs back then. Yeah. And I remember going out into the snow, just playing and enjoying it. Like, and then the the other t- the next time I saw snow was in Sweden, and it was really cold, and I liked it. I liked it because back in Ghana it was really warm, and anytime I use my crutches to move mm-hmm. around, I sweat a lot because I use a lot of energy in moving around because yeah. I literally have to carry my weight with every step that I take. So it doesn't take long for me to break into a sweat, mm-hmm. and you know I'll dress up really nicely, and then after less than a kilometer or like less than half a mile, I would just start sweating. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. So when I got to Sweden and I remember I used to go out and I wouldn't sweat because it was cold. Oh, yeah. And I liked that idea. I really enjoyed it. And so for a really long time, this idea of snow and the cold was really like romantic. exciting. <laughs> exciting to me. And then when I came to Philly, um, I liked it for a bit (laughs) and then I realized after living here for a month for two months for three months that it was as much as it was cold and I could go out and walk it was really uncomfortable and the wind was just hitting (laughs) my face and you would slip and fall last time I slipped and fell oh shit really like just after I crossed the road oh damn and like yeah ever since then I began to hate the cold like Especially the snow. I don't. I don't mind it when it's cold. Just not when like it's snowing. Snowy like, ice. Like you can't go out. You can't do what you want to do. That's, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking about like um, I've seen people like almost fall a few times. <laughs> Even like a few days ago, I saw a woman yeah. almost. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was about to fall, I was like, "Oh, you think you got me?" <laughs> oh, oh yeah. so like I slipped and I caught like I I Dude, had my balance. I almost fell up some stairs at Plaza, bro. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself though. I was like, you know, I was able to kind of eventually get back up and kept regain my balance. But I didn't, you know, I was like, I was a few stairs. It was like one of those where I was on my heels, yeah. slipping down in front of the stairs. <laughs> and I caught myself, caught my balance back. And it was one of those, you know, those weird points of Philly pride or whatever where you're like, ah, yeah. I'm and moving right. When I fell down, like I hadn't, I haven't fallen down in years, maybe. Yeah. So it was a whole new experience. <laughs> and like my crutches flew away. Oh, so shit. I had to Damn. hop all the way to get this one and hop all the way to get that one. No one helped you? People were around. I mean, one guy got my crutch for me, but I had to go get the other one. And like, it, it was just embarrassing, you know, because I dressed up really nicely and oh, now my shit. clothes were wet. And ah. Did I ever tell you about that time I saw an old lady fall down near the pressure? Oh. Grocery? Was it funny? A little? No. No, was it? No, not at all. I mean, it's funny now because we're talking about it in this context, but like, I remember it really fucked me up. Like, it was like during like Thanksgiving break, I think. Wow. Because I remember my friend Kyle was back in town and um, and I saw it a day before he he got back, right? So it was like that weekend probably where I was going to the Fresh Grocer uh-huh. to get something. I was coming out of the Fresh Grocer and I was going back to my bike, which is... Um, I guess it's on like 40th Street, right? And so there's this. Wait, the Fresh Coaster is the one next to the Cinemark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. it's over there. 
and I'm I'm taking my groceries to my bike, putting in my bike, and you're kind of seeing a bunch of life happen, mm-hmm. right? So to my left, uh, coming down 40th near Walmart is you know a young guy, probably this woman's grandson, right? And he's got a cane in his hand, so he's probably her cane, but he's like you know she doesn't need it yet or whatever, and he's just kind of playing around with it, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, eventually they pass me, and as they get maybe like 25 feet away from me, I start to hear her kind of call out, and then I see some stumbling, and then I see her just fall down, like fall like forward down. And the fucked up thing was like the grandson didn't even seem like shaken by it. It was just like he didn't get down to help her. He still had her cane or whatever. He was kind of like, almost like, come on, like get up, like stop playing or whatever. Oh, man. And these two homeless guys came by, helped her up, and they just kept walking. The grandson still had the cane, and... Wow. But it was like, yeah, it was just... Because I saw her fall. I heard this, I heard her call out, looked over, saw the stumbling, she fell, and I saw the homeless guys help her up, and then, and that was it. But it's like I didn't, I've never seen anything like that, like anywhere else, you yeah. know, where there was that kind of like indifference, you know what I mean? Where there was that kind of like, like, hey, isn't this fucked up? And then just <laughs> like, then the rest of your day goes on. Just like right. little stuff like that, man. Or like, uh, I was at 7-Eleven once. I think it was like the first time I actually went to the 7-Eleven here. I'm going to the 7-Eleven, and um, outside, like there's like this shivering woman. It was like probably like early October, late September, and she was like, "Can you, can you, can you, uh, can you, can you give me some money so I can, so I can get back to Jersey? My boyfriend kicked me out." And it was like this woman was probably what? like mid thirties, mid to late thirties, and I was like, "I don't have any money on me. Like, I can't help you." And she was like, "It's okay." It's, you know, it was like, yeah, you know. It was yeah, it was. It, but she had a thick Jersey accent too, and um, and it was just like it was just so nuts. Like it just sticks with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That it's like I, I was telling my aunt about this. Where basically, whenever I go to like get groceries or go to like the Seven Eleven, like those places in particular, I kind of have to like prepare myself now. <laughs> I didn't used to, but I'd have to prepare myself to like just to potentially witness something that's gonna be really fucked up. <laughs> you know, like more fucked up than just homeless people, but like, yeah, fucked up like that. Cause that messed me up for weeks, watching an old lady fall down, <laughs> and people just didn't care. You know, cause she was far enough at that point, and I had like groceries and shit. I kind of, and that's the thing that too, like, fucks with me. Like, should I have like run, like, put my shit down to go help her? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just that thing where it's like, you know, you go to, you see Drexel, you see UPenn. And there's like pristine, well kept white campus, yeah, full of white people that are upstanding, whatever, like you know. And then there you go to the the edge of that where there's the black community, and you see just dysfunction at its height in certain places, you know, where it'll be you know, <laughs> black guy yelling on his phone about you know something, at, and you know again like in front of the Seven Eleven about you know just. Just whatever, it, like, I don't even want to repeat it, but it was like some real, like, you know, I've, it was just, you see shit, you know what I mean? You yeah. see these two worlds that are yeah. clashing 
Uh, All and, the time. And that's, yeah, that was that was definitely one of those situations, man, where it just, you know, that's why I don't want it to deal with <laughs> anymore. You don't see that shit in the, uh, in the Bay Area, at least, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it's kind of in a way I'm 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 happy I do see it now, you know, because it's like it's good exposure. It's good to know it's there. I don't really like talk to people about things in a uh I don't want to hold you up, but like I don't really talk to people about like you know, people like to believe like there's not a problem or whatever. Oh yeah. Like people like to act like, you know, Kaepernick should be standing for the flag. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's, you know, it's I don't like. I don't entertain that anymore. I used to listen to that argument. I used to listen to people talk about, well, you know, you can just pick yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever. <laughs> people have bootstraps to pick themselves up on, man. You see the history of this, like stuff, like the segregation and the, the, um, just like the wealth gap that was created. And if you really look at it, like the really look at the history of this country, it's pretty clear what's going on. But people yeah. will love to. I was watching this podcast with Arian Foster and this guy like Trey like I don't even know his full name but he was one of those guys one of those white people that was just kind of like there's no problem there's just yeah to just to just try to push that not that there's no problem but that like oh like one of those this is what it was one of those white people that says I just treat everyone the same and I see everyone the same and <laughs> you know what I mean oh I don't you know and people tell me I treat everyone the same like they say yeah he treats everyone you know and I try to treat everyone the same, and I, you know, I give everyone the same, you know. I don't. It's like you know, no one treats everyone the same. same Let's yeah. be real. Like you know, he was one of those like I don't see color, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? It's like of course you see color. We all see color, <laughs> unless you're colorblind, like literally colorblind. It would really fuck up your life. And even if you were colorblind, you could watch a black and white movie, and you can still see who's got darker skin. Yeah. Like you know, that was just like it's just so stupid. Like that people try to. But people will just run with that because they don't want to have to like they have any ownership, and they're so afraid of being called racist, you know. And it's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I wrote down in my thoughts the other day that I remember seeing this this uh, thing on on TV once, mm-hmm. where this guy in uh, Wisconsin, this college student, put these hoodies on Etsy. They were red hoodies with white white writing, and it said, "All white people are racist." And there was a black guy who would wear this hoodie around, and he was selling these hoodies. <laughs> And eventually, he got on the local news, right, for selling these hoodies, and he, like, defended it as a black person. He was like, yeah, like, you know, I know people have a problem with this hoodie, but this is my position. And and I've thought more and more about, like, you know, about that phrase and about the idea of getting one of those hoodies. I'm not going to get one of the hoodies, because it would just be, you would just commit, like, you'd really cut people off that... Like, I don't know how to put it, man. I feel like in individually, like, people are great. But, like, whenever people get into groups, like, whatever yeah. groups it is, even if it's not even intentional, even if they don't know each other, but it's just, like, a bunch of white people in a room together, it's a different dynamic than if you're just talking to one white person on their own. Yeah. You know? And and that's, you know... And it's not just white people, but that's what I'm dealing with now. That's what you know. <laughs> most of my life is at this point is most people I interact with at this point are white people, yeah. and uh, and it's you know. But yeah, man, it's like that's that's what uh, 
that's what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about like, wow, it's really crazy that it's like no. So all these white people believe they're not racist, <laughs> you know. So who's racist? Where's the racism coming from then? If no one's racist, you know what I mean. <laughs> no yeah. one's claiming to be racist, but there's you know, but somehow, I'm seeing it every day, you know. Yeah. But yeah, we can wrap this up, man. I don't want to, you know. Right. It, it was a good one, though. It was. It was. It was you know. It, I, uh, it. I think it was better than. I think it was too. Yeah. I think I was surprised at how much you uh you asked me about uh you know about about me man but uh but we definitely got to arrange the time better. Yeah. For true. the different one. But uh okay, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And uh you know, see you soon. <laughs>